before this podcast. What? Because speaking of being meaning to watch things, I just kept meaning to get around to World's End and I hadn't yet. Did you ever get around to uh, Man of Steel? Have you seen that one yet? Yeah, I have your DVD. Uh, I'm very sorry. Keep Wait, it. did I successfully give it back to you? Yes. No. Yes. The Blu-ray? I think so. But you have uh, it back? No, and there was a... Because you've already passed it off to me. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> oh, okay. That's an- How many copies have you had? I bought Man of Steel on Blu-ray and let Amy borrow it probably around like 2013, 2014, like when the movie came out. Maybe like maybe like, 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah like wow, a, a little bit into it, and I was like, and I my recommendation wasn't like, like I love this, but it was like it's cool when Superman takes off and flies. I, I think I <laughs> maybe said that, but I was more like, you should see this for work, it, you know, and it's not like even when, just working in a at, at House of Secrets at that point. It was not yeah, even. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, you should well, probably. And Hector, you and this is the thing I have always valued in you. You look for the good in things. I try. You, there's plenty to like in that movie, and mm-hmm. you, I, you were talking about what a great experience you had in the theaters. Guess what happened since then? A lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And since then, I think I even bought the movie in 3D. Yeah. You know, liked watching it on the 3D TV. It looks cool. But in the past year or two, like kind of recently. I rewatched it and I was like, nope, I can't anymore. <clears throat> and then gave it to Keller. Mm-hmm. So now he has a copy of Just it. Just so we still have the 3D copy of <laughs> I it. Don't, I don't We care. need to have the most complete 3D collection <laughs> possible. Hey, I, I didn't mean to. Let, let, let's steer into other subjects. <laughs> no, let's. It makes me Hector sad. Hector hates DC <laughs> and all the characters affiliated. I've heard that about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I lo- it's the opposite, actually. I, um, yeah, that, that whole. God, it's so interesting to to to. It's just inter- to me. It's interesting to talk about, and it's and what else is interesting about it is how uninteresting it is to most people. Most people don't care about Superman in film. It's also interesting how little it has to do with the movie we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Cavill's British. Hello, true. Yeah. He Duh. had his mustache removed, which a lot of these people did not. They because, added mustaches. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Those were all CG mustaches. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to try to make it connect to the movie we're talking about tonight. That's not a good. There is such a attention to detail and love in Superman in Edgar Wright films. Okay, yes. that like you watch an Edgar Wright movie and you just go, "Man, I just wish every director cared on every movie could bring this type of of um, of I guess storytelling and filmmaking to it." You know, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not. Uh, uh, a movie speaks to you or whether or not you even like uh, agree or disagree with a director's take on the world whatever but just the level of care mm. that's the thing that's so cool about even in the new one Edgar Wright movies yeah which, which you don't like I didn't like Last Night in Soho I haven't seen it yet and I think it's worth absolutely worth watching I just didn't like like I guess the story slash subject matter like just the thing that's not that interesting to me usually yeah so at the end of the movie i was like i, I didn't like it i didn't like a couple of story stuff mm-hmm. but the directing and the acting are always awesome mm-hmm. and the attention to detail the editing. the editing and i'll connect it to dc comics stuff last thing and then we'll actually start the show and then move on but um <laughs> i borrowed some 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 of the newer animated dc movies from a buddy like some blu-rays mm-hmm. I watched Batman The Long Halloween, mm. parts one and two. Love that comic book. It's right mm-hmm, up there behind mm-hmm. me. And the the cartoon movies, like, great performances, cool um, animation mostly. You know the thing that killed it for me? The editing. Mm. The pacing and the editing. It was driving me up a wall. And I, 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 I was just like, why is it this way? Things were holding for just a second too long. 
and hot fuzz being a solid two hours, you, you use every minute it of that zips. two hours, dude. <laughs> yeah. It does zip. It uses like most of it is montages that are too long, but they're but awesome. But that's the but bit. But each one is perfect. <laughs> each of them is the bit. <laughs> All right, let's start the show. Hey, everybody, welcome to the 500 Greatest Films Podcast. My name is Hector Navarro. Sitting across from me is the Nick Frost to my Simon Pegg, Mr. Keller Knobloch. Say hi, Keller. The character names? No. <laughs> is, the, is the uh, um, blank to my Nicholas Angel. Is it like Butterman? Yeah. And or like, Angel? Nicholas yeah. Angel. And Danny. And Danny. Danny. Yeah. The Danny to Danny my Nicholas. Boy. Mr. Keller Knobloch. Say hello, Keller. Hey, Danny. No, that's me. Sorry. (laughs) I fucked it up. (laughs) Great. Hey, Nicholas. Um, Our guest is a returning guest of the show, is now joining the Two Timers Club. MVP. MVP. Last time she was here, she was describing the movie to me. Um, (laughs) The the, the look on your face while I tried to recount the plot of the movie, and you're like, we watched this together? What movie was it? Uh, Days of Heaven. The Terrence Malick movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, On the farm. File, fear, field of fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what beautiful, I remember. Beautiful locusts. Oh, my By God. By the time I was like, and then a balloon comes in, it was like, it sounds like I'm making it up, but this is the real plot of the movie. <laughs> when you said a balloon comes in, it made me think of another movie Keller and I have watched with a balloon that is a very bad that's movie. That's a bad movie. So that's why I was like, we didn't see Enduring Love Wait, together. Wait, so I know. Was no. it a balloon or was it a, like an old-timey plane? I wish. It was like a hot a- air balloon. It might have been an old-timey plane. Oh, the Zeppelin in, in Days of heaven yeah is it a zeppelin oh, maybe the people who know, arrived man. at the house anyway that was the subject of that podcast <laughs> terrence if you're listening can you let us know <laughs> and now this podcast uh Richard she is Gere. also she is also the tabletop content producer for fandom yeah. former co-host of dc daily amy dallin is on the podcast I'm oh my so god excited to be back thank you so much for coming back Three years later. <laughs> it feels, I, I mean, truly the world ended in the middle. Yeah, it, and, right and there in the middle. I, I was saying, yeah. like, I, I, I believe I nabbed this movie at some point in the before times, <laughs> and I do not remember doing that. I'm mm-hmm. very happy with past Amy for that decision, <laughs> um, because I, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I've had a great experience on this podcast, because I got to watch a movie that, like, I don't know if a day was ever going to come that I was like, let's discover Terrence Malick's classic Days of Heaven. Me neither. Um, so that was just, like, a, a really cool sensory experience to add to, like, my art film repertoire, and then I also get to come back and watch Hot Fuzz, which I could watch <laughs> probably every day forever. Which is... In the same class in every way as, as Days of Heaven. Heaven. That's right. <laughs> Those are, yeah, there's and a lot in common. Terrence Malick's Tree of Life is just like At World's End. It's the same thing. Just the care Edgar Wright has for <laughs> <Yeah>. nature. <laughs> Sprinklers, there's, you know. There's an yeah, important yeah. plant in this. Oh, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> What's the second one? The one he buys for Danny. <gasps> he buys a plant for Danny? Yeah, he went to the fire, flower shop to buy a plant for Danny, and then, and then she then gets stabbed with scissors. That's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, Come yeah. on. I was like, what movie at did you the see? end of the movie? No, but yeah. Uh, with seen... the balloon? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> balloon and or old-timey plant. Now I have doubts. Uh, well, welcome back, Amy. Let's get into this. Let's, uh, let's, just, let's just get the Britishness out of the way so we can continue to talk about the Britishness. And how British this movie is. And how British it is. Well, that's uh, what I love is like, I bet so much of this movie must be flying over our heads. Oh, 100%. Because it's just like, ah, oh, yes, the subtle dynamics of the various sized towns. And we're like, we've got both cities and small towns. So we got like enough of it. You know yeah. what I mean? But <laughs> I think there is a lot of that with, um, well, like the best comedy is specific, but that there's still some universal like relatability to it. You're talking about Shrek. 
I'm talking about Shrek, <laughs> specifically Shrek Forever After oh the my fourth God. one. Uh, but Which has um, the most for the you whole know what? family. <laughs> Speaking of, honestly, what I was mentioning, what I was going to try to reference is Mike Myers. He used to say this about Wayne's World. He used to say, "When I did Wayne's World, when I was doing it with Dana Carvey, and we did it on Saturday Night Live, I did, and I was like writing it. I didn't think anybody would get it mm. because it was so specific to his upbringing, you know, his." Um, experience but then it turns out yeah a bunch of young people could relate to all of that yeah even if he's you know so like yeah we don't get all of the britishisms but amy like you said we, we get enough of it we've seen <laughs> cop movies yeah well that's the other funny thing is we were talking about this a bit the, the first time i saw this movie i had seen either zero or maybe one of the movies that it references and i remember my friends being like how did you enjoy that that was a non-stop series of references to movies you haven't seen and i was like i don't know it was really funny well, it's, i'm yeah. also slowly filling in those blanks but it is wallace and gromit at the same time yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's just very silly which is also has some references but not a whole lot while True, if there's like, something for the adults yeah. at the same yeah. time. Mm. Exactly. But speaking of Mike Myers, I saw Austin Powers movies before I saw any James Bond movie. Really? Yeah. Before I, you went back to the 60s. Yeah. And I still <laughs> think all the Austin Powerses are great. I still think they can, I know that they can work on their own. All mm. of them are great? Uh, no. The you first said two. <laughs> you said it. And parts of the third are great. I like, okay. how, I like how they made Seth Green go evil. I thought that was a good idea. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Spoiler. going back and- and watching all the old, I didn't know that '60s and '70s James Bonds absolutely helps mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. appreciating, you know, Austin Powers. So, uh, so yeah. Now, Amy, that you've seen Point Break and some others, we can get into that. But, um, <laughs> but I, I, I do want to compliment you if I can. You're one of my favorite people to ask if they've seen a movie because it's really like fifty-fifty. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like half of the time it's like. Yes, and let's talk about it. You know, we can we can discuss it, and you're either excited about it, or if it was like, oh, I didn't love it. You know, it's just always great movie conversations across the board. But the times where it's like, Amy, have you seen this very famous and well known thing? <laughs> there's an odd, there's a chance it's like, no, not yet. And then that's cool and exciting yeah, too. Quite it's like, there, yeah. What's your biggest blind spot? Yeah, what Ooh. are some of your biggest blind spots um i've been trying to fill them in so sometime in the last five years i think i got to point break and lethal weapon uh i what 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 are the biggest gaps that remain you've seen the fast and furious movies oh i have started okay that's Um, right didn't didn't you borrow those for me or no oh did i (laughs) but i I feel like i gave them back you did you did I think you, yeah, you we guys, wa- yeah, we watched them, started them, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I have them, so I don't know if this was a couple of years ago. I let you borrow them, I and feel maybe like there you... just came a point where I could not keep them any longer, and then I did, in fact, return <laughs> like, them. You just felt bad work. for having yeah, them so I, long. I, yeah, maybe, maybe. So okay, so you started those because mm-hmm. Hector mm-hmm. will be on you too. He'd be like, "Hey, did you watch all nine of those movies yet?" Yeah, sorry. <laughs> What, I'm like, what's left is the big, is the big like, missing pieces, I'm like, though. take your time. Just do one a week. And people look at me like, Hector, that's not normal. That's not taking <laughs> my time. <laughs> He'll do one a night. Most people watch four movies a year. Like, it's like, you know. That's true. It's true. And only one in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because yeah. um, a Star Wars came out. Yeah, exactly. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, you've seen, um, because of the comic book stuff, you've, you're, you've seen every of the Marvel movies. I've seen every MCU. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I actually haven't gotten to Eternals yet. Uh, mm. seen Venom 2, There'll Be Carnage. No. Um, <laughs> I have not seen Venom 2, There'll Be Carnage. Uh-huh. I'm missing a couple of the other, I think, 
like a couple of the Punishers, mm-hmm. still got to fill in. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ghost Rider, haven't done that sure, one yet. Sure, 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 sure. Um, I got some gaps. What about yeah. Ghost Rider Two? Spirit, also, of Vengeance. Spirit of Vengeance. No, yeah. uh, that's okay. That's okay. What about um, uh, speaking of British stuff, the Harry Potters, yes. Lord of the Rings? You got all that. Mm-hmm. You got all that on lockdown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, what else is Have there? you been across the pond? Those are the those I are have, those are the biggest times. You're the only person here who has yeah. any <gasps> any relatability, I well, guess. Well, having yeah. ever set foot there, I will declare myself the expert on all matters. I, I it's not like a complicated history. There's not like a lot going on there. So I feel I can pretty <laughs> uh-uh, easily yeah, master yeah, 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 yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I played the Viking Assassin's Creed. It's the same thing. <laughs> oh, also you are a Trekkie. So you've seen all the Star Trek movies, right? Finally finished the original series movies, which oh. were a blind spot for me for a long time. Oh, that's I was fun. an next gen kid, you know. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, well, see, that's the, you know, that's that's where Amy was spending the time right there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. watching Star Trek. <laughs> and it was like, you know, this this, this movie is especially fun because I am one of uh, many many kids of our generation who was raised on Monty Python, raised on mm, like yeah. Anglophile family friends sitting you down for everything, uh, mm-hmm. which does give one. I, I I joke about the complicated history. I do not mistake uh, our pop culture version of Britain for the real and complicated place. <laughs> but it is a very real affection that we all have yeah. for pop culture Britain. So you've got Monty Python. Uh, also, aren't you a Doctor Who fan? I am. You see, that's another No huge, blind spots. That's a huge time. You've got no blind spots. And ah, it's a huge there's t- a lot of Doctor Who. Like, okay, I haven't seen all 50, sure. 60. Okay, Where so are we you, now? What do, you, what do you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... Um, most people ha- like I learned from um, I've never I've seen two episodes of Doctor Who yeah I've learned from <laughs> so. from Doctor Who fans that like old episodes of Doctor Who are literally like lost to time there are episodes that weren't saved anywhere there are some that were just rediscovered in the last couple of years Isn't they found crazy? like film vaults and like, crazy. Know, like a Russian TV station or something they found I, I'm getting what? the details of that wrong but like and some and some scripts had to be recreated as like radio plays what? because like the original episode or show or footage is gone just make it again I mean, they are. They're going to keep doing that, but... Should we do it? It's crazy. Uh, anyway, so let's get into this. Let's hand off the magazine to our resident British announcer, Sir Giles, so that he can uh, he can cue up the movie that we're talking about yeah, for cue it up. tonight's episode. Uh, so, Sir Giles, what movie are we talking about? What number is it on the podcast tonight? 374, mm. Hot Fuzz, 2007, director Edgar Wright. Wright's skill is in taking the gloss and whiz hyphen bang illogic of Hollywood and applying it to quintessentially English situations. But we'll never understand his affection for bad boys, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, again, again, Empire Magazine. I can make fun of American crappy movies. You don't say that they're dumb. I say that they're dumb. <laughs> like we just we just watched Four Weddings and a Funeral last week. Yeah. And then they're gonna go that hard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Bad Boys Two, which I also don't like and I think is bad. But <laughs> well, I Point understand. Break Point Break is good. Yeah. <clears throat> Why that's the reference in this movie? Yeah. Because I have not seen the Bad Boys. It's, it's just like a glamorized like yeah. cop. How about badass, uh, how about like, I will say like you know thing. they they. I, I would like to think they, they do a fairly good job in this movie of being like, we are going to literally just show you Bad yes. Boys 2 so you will understand what is yeah. happening later yeah. when we homage mm-hmm. it. Like, and that yeah. works for me. It, it, there's moments of this and that's where... that's all you need, really. Have you seen any of the Michael Bay-directed Transformers movies? One of them. The first one? No. Oh, oh that's a blind spot that's, that guess, you yeah, do not no. need to film. I saw Bumblebee. <laughs> Bumblebee. That counts, actually. Lovely. That's the best uh, of all of them. Yeah, but, it, but Bumblebee is not indicative of what the Bad Boys 2 <laughs> thing is. <laughs> bad Boys 2 
is Michael Bay. It's the same as the Transformers movies or Armageddon. The Rock. Or The Rock or The Island. Remember that one with Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor? They're clones. That one I have not I seen. You spoiled it. it. <clears throat> they spoiled it in the trailer, whatever. But like, <laughs> it's like good looking people that are sweaty. And it's always the magic hour. It's like, you know, it's like yeah, sunset it's in mm-hmm. L.A. Mm-hmm. And there's cars and there's smoke and explosions. And they get up and there's those 360 shots. Like, that's all the same movie. So you pretty much got it. Yeah, okay. You pretty okay. much got mm-hmm. it. Um, that's a good question, though. Keller, what are your pop culture blind spots? Mine are, I have never, only the other day, started watching the Adam West Batman TV show. <gasps> yeah. have never oh, seen a full episode. Delightful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like mine. anyone with as much love for 60s Trek, like you you are going to, on some yeah. level, just get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, like no it? one listening to this so. is going to understand what yeah. connects those two things. But like, I feel like yeah. you are able to watch things in the spirit in which they were made. I, I, I think I am pretty bad at like, knowing what is camp and what isn't sometimes i'm pretty bad at it i wish i had a better sense of that but i'm pretty sure it's pretty campy yeah. <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shark repellent yeah for sure so that's that's, that's putting what I bat got. in front of everything that's camp man i know but it's also <laughs> that's what the comics did anyway so the comics are camp too i, I yes. think also yes it's not camp if you don't know you're doing it right and it's not camp if you don't know you're watching camp no it could still be camp yeah, that just means it's like you a don't know it. Square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. Is sure, it like yeah. that? It's all a rhombus. Mm-hmm. Keller, what are your you blind spots? Got to dig up the Susan Sontag camp thing and just read it before you go back into your Batman sixty six. Yeah, there's other stuff. I also am very bad with pop cultures. Musical theater. Mm. You've got that locked down, Amy. You've got you are all about it. To I, I like most <laughs> musical fans, whether I like it or not, whether anyone around me likes it or not, mm-hmm, that will always be a thing. Uh, are you excited about West Side Story? Goddamn wicked. I <laughs> that's one of the longest pauses we've had on this show yeah. ever. Well, because here's I do you like original West Side Story the show? Oh, West Side Story is one of the greatest uh, worst oh, okay. of all time. Okay, um, okay, okay, okay. And okay. <laughs> uh, in theory, Stevie, like it has, it's it's a it a product of a place and time for sure. Mm-hmm. Stevie Sons, um, mm-hmm. uh, Stevie Spielberg's, and and <laughs> the Stevens teaming up. But like Leonard Bernstein, um, Lenny Burns. Can I say I have sat on a couch for years and talked superhero stuff with amy and i've never seen her this like nervous about <laughs> has well, she ever okay. said that about a comic book no. it's like that's one of great works no. of all time no. <laughs> I'm oh, sure, but... you, you, well you've heard me be like you got to take it in time and place that that's uh, <laughs> so um new west side story yeah it, potentially some like bummer real world stuff surrounding it oh. that i don't want to speak on and before i've looked it up the yeah. rest of the way gotcha 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 um, okay Okay. Uh, involved like one of the performers has potentially some stuff, but the, the it that is like the bummer of that is that yeah. would I like crawl through a ditch to see Steven Spielberg try to do a West Side Story? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. of course, yeah. Um, Rita Moreno executive producing and playing Very the Friar cool. part, Very like cool. come on, yeah. it's it's. I, I don't I, know what any of that meant. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting into the reading. I, uh, um, so yeah, that's... I, okay, so it remains to be seen how... Uh, well, we got to figure out what the what happened or happen, is happening with the behind-the-scenes stuff, but mm-hmm. hopefully the movie will be good, but who knows? It could be tainted by, you know... Uh, Ansel Elgort. <sighs> well, I don't <laughs> think he's the guy. I don't think, but uh, yeah. 
I just meant his acting and his <laughs> overall vibe. Wasn't isn't he Baby Driver? Yeah, exactly. Oh wow! And I still. Oh wow! I know. What did you think of? Did you see In the Heights? I did. Do you like it? Um, I liked it a lot. Yeah, me too. I wait. You saw In the Heights? Yeah. Did you you like yeah. it? Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. He bought it. Aww. Yeah, I have he it on Blu-ray. And because because years ago, be um, was invited because uh, uh, the wonderful Darren DePaul, mm-hmm. his wife was in a show. And got invited to go see it up in Solvang, California. Mm. She played the um, the the grandmother, Aww. or not the grandmother, but the what uh, the right. the character's name, who she's like not a biological grandmother, mm-hmm. but kind of the grandmother of the yeah, whole yeah, community. Paciencia, fate, fate. And so I watched before I saw any before I saw Hamilton before I saw anything. I got to see a like L.A. production of in the heights and i and i had pretty good seats it's kind of a cool outdoor amphitheater smaller theater and i thought it was awesome so i liked the show in the heights and then i thought the movie was really great oh yeah. that's so cool uh, yeah abuela claudia <laughs> yes um, that's right abuela yeah they uh i i i think my favorite like the this is maybe silly but like coming out of crazy rich asians which obviously had tons of word of mouth and we all like it would delightfully good time of a movie but like me being the musical fan I Mm. walked out of that movie being like I desperately wish this guy would make a musical Uh, guess what Uh, and so it turns out he's just like living to make my dreams come true Um, but that's the thing is that like in the heights I didn't think everything that they tried worked Mm -hmm. but it was so full of cool ideas Mm -hmm. and a desire to be like we really want to put this across in a way Mm -hmm. that is going to be memorable that is going to be interesting that is going to be fascinating and like it's interesting because we also you know the film version of Hamilton is probably as as like there's a strong argument to be made that we should be just moving in the direction of incredibly high quality theater experience captures. Right, right. There's, a, there's a, an artistic argument to be made there that yeah. that might be the best way to put across musicals. Like we all, a lot of us grew up on like sort of the PBS flat stage versions, but it was hard to get that Cats. across to non uh, to non musical people. <laughs> mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily mm-hmm. engage with it as much. Mm-hmm. And like this more sort of cinematic, we're getting the theater experience, and that uh, is a really potentially the best direction to go with some of this stuff but i love movie musicals i love people trying to figure out what makes them work on their own terms Mm -hmm. yeah Um, totally i don't ever really want to get away from staginess there are times where i'm like someone is singing just put the camera on their face this is not this this part doesn't need to be that complicated (laughs) but like i i i I, it was so full of cool ideas and it made me so excited i have a question for you i hope that they still someday whether it's Lin Manuel or somebody else, like make another like f- movie version of Hamilton that is a mm. movie version. It'd be better if there were horses. I mean, it's that's a <laughs> if there were more horses. That's a great. Um, I think it'd be better, Keller. Okay. That's very funny and that's a great joke. But honestly, yeah, that's how I feel. I know. <laughs> I want everything to be dirt. I want yeah. horses. I want there to be smoke coming out of chimneys. Yeah. I want cool back, uh, like cool sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see somebody try that. Um, you know, I want to see somebody try. I want everybody they... looking dirty in their stuff, like they're <laughs> the way... supposed to, because nobody bathed. The way Spielberg made Lincoln with Daniel Day Lewis, like that, Grass. that kind of a, a of a filmmaking approach, but then just have it, you know, where the founding fathers are like rapping and stuff. Like that's what I want to see because the Disney Plus, like mm-hmm. the filmed mm-hmm. Hamilton movie, I thought was also expertly done. I thought mm-hmm. it was very, very well done. Moments of it were moving. I definitely connected to it better than. 
our nosebleeds. When we went to go see Hamilton <laughs> at the Pantages and had like, I think the furthest back seats in the mm. entire, you know. They were up there. And mm-hmm. I forgot to bring. We had way better seats for Dear Evan Hansen. Binoculars. Yes, we did. Which, uh, I don't like that show. Um, Me neither. I, I, guess I, ha- I guess I do know some musical theater. <laughs> We've been dragged to some. Yeah, we have. We have. And have enjoyed some. And some, yeah. You know. What's the best musical you ever saw? Same question for you, Amy. Well, I would probably go still back back to that in the Heights performance. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I mean, the people who who were were in the Hamilton cast that we saw, I'm sh- they're awesome. Like I'm like it was not a bad show. Oh, I sure. just wish we were closer because it was we're talking experience. I know because I felt like um, I felt a little bit like an ant circus, like a flea circus. Like <laughs> I didn't have tiny binoculars yeah, either. I wish so. I had glasses. some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah no nope, tiny binoculars. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Please use a technical oh, term, thank Amy. You. Yes, you do. <laughs> That's the best show I've ever seen. Amy Dallin, what's the best musical theater show you've ever seen? If you can pick one, go. That's that's impossible. Yeah. I, I haven't. Okay, there's there's a, a limited number that I've seen. Like you know, I've I've made like a couple of family trips. I've I've gotten to see a handful of things like mm-hmm. on in New York. But like I was raised on like touring productions coming through the various cities oh, I lived I've in. I've never seen anything in New York. Uh, <laughs> have you seen anything in New York? Cool. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've seen, so, I've seen yeah. the Nintendo store. So we in New haven't York. seen it. We've never seen yeah. a real show. <laughs> yeah, I guess no. Not. Hey, I every show is a real show. I saw Beauty and the well, Beast. I mean, you know, in like San Diego on the Broadway in like 2001. I saw Beauty. And I the saw Beast, Mary so. Poppins in, yeah. uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> I saw cool. Dallas, Texas. It was so cool. Bert saw... walked on the ceiling. Aww. Mary Poppins cool. flew over the audience. It was nuts. I saw a local theater production of Young Frankenstein in Maine. How was that? Awful. Oh no. <laughs> so bad. Um I okay. I've had a lot of favorite I I I the 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 musicals that kind of made me as a teen, I got to see either in touring productions or like on a quick trip. So I, I saw like a touring production of Ragtime, which was this mid nineties historical musical. Um, I read the book. It's wow. based on. You read really? the book? Mm-hmm. Oh, I I see. I would love that because I I fell in love with the musical. Made my whole family uh like tried to get them into it. We rented the movie that they made of the book, which is quite different from the musical. <gasps> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Much and, more serious. Uh, well, uh, so the the musical is actually Less songs. <laughs> fewer, many fewer songs. <laughs> Uh, they 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 give kind of despite very sad things happen in the plot of it, um, but they sort of end on a note of hope in the uh, musical ag- against the background of despair where the movie's just kind of a real bummer. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But like I I'm not I don't mean to say uh, just weirdly sorry this is so off topic to anything. Uh, what are you talking about? Like Ragtime is the a musical that uh, Audra McDonald. It was one of her landmark roles on mm-hmm. her way to like 25 tony awards or whatever she's got now wow. um good lord and it is weirdly like it's a musical about history and racism and police violence yeah. and uh, a whole lot of stuff that uh was probably good to learn out as a teen and then discover will be happening forever for the rest of my life <laughs> um but uh you know at the time i was like oh history yeah that's what history's like um so that was a a great great show experience and then i was a rent kid that i'm the target demographic oh did you see that new netflix movie yet i haven't seen it you have oh man hurt everybody's saying it's amazing 
I hope so. Tick, tick, I always boom. heard mixed things I know what it is. about yeah. the, the <laughs> like the, the show itself. I've never seen Tick Tick Boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't I know, know there was a show until just know. now, yeah. this very moment. I was I, like, Limo Miranda wrote this thing. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know it was. They should put that person's name did, bigger than Limo Miranda's on the. Did, you would did, think, but did Lin Manuel? He didn't write the show. He just directed the movie adaptation. I believe of he the just show? directed yeah, yeah, the movie of Jonathan Larson's Tick Tick Boom. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Rand has its own complicated legacy. Jonathan Larson has his own complicated legacy. The you know. Digging into any work of art will re- reveal like mm-hmm. different claims and things it does or doesn't handle. Um, but hey, these we are get like it. the Stanley. We get it. We get uh, it. Amy, uh, Stanley. We get it. <laughs> Stanley. Uh, all I know is Andrew Garfield on Colbert had a beautiful like th- three or four minute. If you haven't seen it, Amy, I, seen I it. might send it to you, and then maybe you'll cry because it's so moving. Because I didn't know this, but Andrew Garfield like just lost his mom recently, oh. and Stephen Colbert brought it up. And and uh, and it was like, how does this affect your art? Like, you know, you, you've talked about how your art has helped you with grief. And then Andrew Garfield, the amazing Spider-Man, <laughs> oh, no. says a thing that it sounds like is so profound and wise. And like, he just seems like such a cool guy. So mm-hmm. he just talks about it for just a couple minutes. Um, I, I, I saw it last night late on Twitter. I was up reading a comic book or something and then saw it. And I was just like, I have to retweet this at one in the morning. This is amazing. So, um, yeah, it's really good. Y'all know, please forgive me if this is A, boring or B, very well known to you already. Um, <laughs> but do you know how Jonathan Larson's personal story ends? I he died think. at like 34. The day. The, yeah. like It was supposed to. Yes. The day before. Like it was the day supposed before to. previews. I yeah. Think, the day before previews. Um, yeah. For the show that would make him yep. pretty immortal. And yes. like there's a song in Rent, which is... Uh, a, a, a song of, of love that gets brought back as a song of mourning mm. um, and uh, originated on Broadway uh, by, I, I want to say Jesse Wilson, Flash's dad now. Oh my God. Oh, he's <laughs> amazing. He's amazing. Uh, Jesse L. Martin. That's his name. Jesse um, L. Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, phenomenally talented. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a piece, at least, of lore that attaches to the show. I don't know if I'm telling this right, but this is how Broadway fans told other Broadway fans mm-hmm. about it, which is that, like, when they were back at their first reading after it had happened, mm-hmm. quite suddenly, mm-hmm. um, they got to the part where he has to sing that song Ooh. of love and mourning. Ooh. And, like, I, I believe, like, he sort of, he just did the whole thing up, like, towards the ceiling. Yeah. Like, just, just yeah. sort of... In a rehearsal? Shifted yeah. up the way that he mm-hmm. performed it, and it became, oh. like, the way that that song has been done forever I was because of them try- responding in the moment to that yeah. grief and trying to figure out how they were going to put across this incredibly beautiful song. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I watch Rent. I've heard. Yeah, I've never seen Rent, and I have. That's another, you know, a huge gaping hole in my uh, in my pop culture. Um, Along, it's you, know. you said musical theater. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but then again, I'm listing off all the ones I've seen and I know You're about. Like, I've never seen a know. musical except this one and this, this one, one and the touring one. production of and Dear Evan yeah, Hansen. Yeah. The, one I, the one I bought, yeah, in the touring production of Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, uh, boy, which I wish I hadn't. We've anyway. just been burned a few times. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Look, they had all good ones. Yeah, don't go so, see American Idiot. Yeah. Ooh, did not see that one. Yeah. Jukebox musicals for free. are tough. <clears throat> yeah, but I wish I didn't go for free. Mm. Um, I we saw a fun one over Halloween, which is really good. Camp horror, super fun. Oh, I don't know that little uh, like. I oh, think, it's like a burlesque. Uh, yeah, show. it's like a well, not a. I don't know how to describe. Well, it's it, at a burlesque it's, theater, right? Yeah, but it's like what Amy said. It's a jukebox 
oh, okay. like mm-hmm. musical show, which is really fun. Um, it's a fun term if you want. Uh, an interpolated musical is one done with existing music. Jukebox musical is usually like a special. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that sounds like a word a toddler is mispronouncing. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> Do you and mean interpreted? interpolated? Yeah. Uh, jukebox musicals are sort of a subgenre of kind of where you're like, oh, let's just do all the 60s hits of so and so. And they. There have been some great examples, but there have also been examples that sort of are notorious among other people for being like, so you didn't have a plot. You just had yeah, a couple yeah. of pop oh, songs. Sure. Yeah, well, oh, good sure. luck with that. Moulin Rouge, the great one. That's that's the Halloween. I don't know if the stage version's any good. I haven't seen it. I don't know. I'm just talking about the movie. Oh, but this, the movie's that's an example of an interpolated... Yeah. I said the wrong thing. It's an interpolated <laughs> musical. Interpolated <laughs> musical. It's a interpolated musical. Um, Amy, would you want to see a, a, uh, a film version of Hamilton? Again, would you want to see them attempt that again? Or do you think Hamilton's done? I think that for the the actual, like the theater fan in me says, keep trying different things forever. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not sure. Because you said you love movie musicals. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, is, it is an interesting, like, right, I would say, right now I'd be like, no, we don't need another gotcha, version gotcha, of gotcha. that story. But <laughs> if, if you were like, we're trying it, we're trying something different, that's mm-hmm. the thing, like, and this is just a weird mediums thing, but like, Theater has to be done over and over again in different ways over mm. the years because mm. it does not by itself survive. Um, movies, you can have this question of like, do we need another Casablanca? Because they kind of nailed it the first time. Right, right, but the right. truth is we can never go back and see the Broadway hit of 1942. We just kind of have to imagine what that was like and read mm-hmm. people's things and put their plays back on and see if we see some the same thing in it that they did. And that's, that's inherent to theater. And so in that sense, like, uh, you know, I'm excited for the forthcoming Wicked movie. Uh, oh, yeah. And the sort of like mm-hmm. really, you know, Ariana Grande is kind of out of the box casting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it could potentially be genius. And it speaks to the theater fan in me who would absolutely go see an Ariana Grande version of Wicked to <laughs> be like, all right, what's another interpretation yeah. like? <laughs> you crawl through a ditch to see? <laughs> but it's a double feature, so you're going to go uh, back across the ditch. Uh, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this, Amy, but uh, last thing about musicals, and then we can, we can for what real. What do you mean last thing about for, musicals? They do real. Romeo plus I'm Juliet so in this movie. <laughs> so funny. No, don't apologize. Talking about them having to do musicals over and over again. I'm There's so, Romeo plus Juliet yeah. as a stage version. I'm so happy that in we, Hot Fuzz. That I like re-remembered that you are such a musical fan, because this is, this is the good stuff. We're ha- we have you over to talk about the stuff you love and you know that's the important thing and it's also it's fun and goofy because like musicals and comic books being my thing like they're both (laughs) hybrid genres that are generally not respected by people who are not already into them yeah um that you get way too into if you're into them and that were like weirdly really knocked out of the park by mid 20th century teams that got really famous so you got lee and kirby you got rogers and hammerstein um there's (laughs) just a whole i I don't know the two good teams (laughs) siegfried roy that's I'm it. just saying, there's a lot of, like, I like forms that are more than one thing, apparently. Mm-hmm. Music plus story, that's better. Mm-hmm. Art plus story, that's better. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Okay. it's a good point. Yeah. Um, I have, for years, jokingly wanted to get a really good, talented group of people here in L.A. that are comedians, but also musical people, and I know a bunch of them. We know a bunch of them. They're, you know, I'm talking about people like Robot Teammate and mm-hmm. Chris Bramante and all these, and I've pitched this idea to them, and I'm like, I want to do, the way that you can, like, live in LA and learn that they do stuff like, oh, Jurassic Park the musical is going to go up this fall. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they just did, um, there, there's a whole show, like, 30-minute musicals that you can just go see, and they're going to be corny, and they're going to be fun, <laughs> and they're going to be, you know, crowd pleasers or whatever, 
I've always wanted to do uh, Doctor Doom the musical. Have I talked to you about this? No. Never, never talked to you about this. Maybe I'll. Yeah, maybe I have. I don't know. Whatever. I have a terrible memory, as Keller knows. But uh, I felt. I feel like out of all of the <laughs> comic book characters um, who could justify like doing a whole show about them, I feel like Doom would be the best one to do, and it could mm, be sure. Like, it's got your your classic uh, mm-hmm. yeah, tragic backstory uh, mm-hmm. opportunity for big dramatic songs. Yeah. Absolutely. The Doom Bots are a chorus already. Oh, you masks. got dance numbers. You got harmonies. Masks. Yes. 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 Dance numbers, harmonies. Uh, my the through line I wanted to be would be about how Doctor Doom is trying to save his mother's soul from hell, hmm. and at one point he has to use Stephen Strange's help, but like still. And the other through line would be that like the woman, the young woman that he loved when he was a young man, when they were like kids, they grew up together, and then they fell in love when they were like teenagers. Like he could never be with her, and he had to go off and do his thing, and she went off and did her thing or whatever. It was doomed to fail. It was doomed to fail. <laughs> <laughs> and and at the end of that story, he has a chance to be with her, and he and he like sacrifices her to hell, oh so he could get more power. Mm. That's how I want that play to end. It's gross, but Damn. I feel like you previously established that you were not a big fan of a musical about, let's say, a really unsympathetic male hero. <laughs> yes, but uh, you'll I think, make him sympathetic until he's unsympathetic. You know, you know what's funny? I think Victor Von Doom is more sympathetic than Evan Hansen. <laughs> Is my thing. That's what I think. I'm sorry. That's even though Victor Von Doom is. I think it's just going to be is a Darth Vader level bad guy. Like he is pure evil bad guy comic book villain. It's just like, going to be Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Musical. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit better, but basically, uh, there's some similarities for sure. There's some. We similarities, could stage a so. good volcano fight. I feel. Yeah. <sighs> Doctor yeah. Doom. Yeah. You could. Oh yeah. Okay. Could be fun. Volcano anyway. fight. Anyway. The musical. <laughs> yeah. That's all I want. Just volcano fight. The musical. Um. So. Uh. Talking about this movie, it's just great. So I feel so bad. Like I genuinely love what? Hot Fuzz. I know, and I that's have thing distracted movies, y'all with musicals Amy, for like an hour. Amy, that's the thing with movies we love. Yeah, we're we like, what else are we gonna fucking talk yeah. about? This is a funny movie. It's maybe a little long, but actually, I like even the bits that take mm-hmm. too long, and mm-hmm. I think maybe it's on purpose. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm not mad about any of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those amazing are your... character actors doing incredible work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. what if Harry Potter didn't have a stick up its ass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really very funny. Uh, okay, my overall thoughts are, yeah, I think the movie is great. I wish. It's not my favorite Edgar Wright movie. Maggie Smith was in it? Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be I really wish good. most of Harry Potter was in it. Hot Fuzz but 2, all of the ones we couldn't fit in Hot Fuzz 1. Please, honestly, which okay. is what they did with the other eight Harry Potter movies. Yeah, <laughs> but just honestly, I was thinking about doing a Hot Fuzz 2. And, and then I'm like, uh, Edgar Wright would never do it. Story's over. But honestly, do it. Because you couldn't really do a Shaun of the Dead 2. No. Uh, you oh, couldn't really do At World's End 2. You could. It ends post-apocalyptic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but like, I feel like those would be different... They would, those would just be It different. doesn't work as well. It doesn't work as well. But I'm like, Hot Fuzz, I'm like, revisit it. Revisit it, have Kate Blanchett come back and still never show her face. Okay, this like, was amazing because so I've many... seen this movie like three times and I did not know that was Kate Blanchett. <laughs> or had forgotten somehow, but that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's awesome. She had to be talking more quiet like this and then just been Lord of the Rings and that's how yeah. you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, she's at the beginning of the movie. She's What's the character's name? The His ex? Janice. 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 Janine. Janine. You're right, Janine. Janice is um Sorry. friends. Same. Janice is from Friends. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. Um, only Janice. <laughs> I think that uh uh this movie is fantastic and 
And my only criticism of the movie, or thing that I guess I don't like what about the, the movie, fuck? is the goose. No, the swan. <laughs> no, the uh, yarp. No, the. Um, it's just that it, it does feel a little long, but it's not that it feels long, but it just feels like, like I was saying inside the house, Edgar Wright has just not edited any of his bits. And normally, it feels like comedy movies have maybe 20 to 30 bits that you will see and that they make call back to and that's kind of the whole comedy movie and this movie has like 80 bits <laughs> that Edgar See, Wright goes I don't goes know to. that I would cut any of them the, yeah. the one thing that I feels like it's maybe long lose. is the action scene but it's a parody of bloated right. action movies right. so yeah. I don't know if you can and cut the and extremely long action exactly. sequence in his action sequences he's constantly making references to other stuff he set up in the movie yeah. doesn't that so, happen in Lethal Weapon it ends sure. up in a sprinkler boxing oh, match it's, at the end of the movie oh, yeah so it, it does. is it does it's right? all so references it's, like, it's all references but like yeah yeah you're absolutely I, right i get it like the first trans like all the transformers movies are like three hours long mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true uh those don't need to be either i mean it's funny because i'm the guy that's that would make the case for i'm like no avengers endgame needed to be three hours sure. and, and so many people are like none of those movies need to be more than an hour and a half and i'm like well you gotta have the character development of Stephen Strange. If before anything, he, in game, you know. there's two billion characters. In it. <laughs> right, right, right. So, like, like you know, and it's the twentieth or whatever. Yeah. What's movie. the one? What's the one that just um, shoot uh, Dune? No, yeah, that one's uh, again also kind of needs to be. I don't know. It doesn't Dune is a blind long. spot. I've never read it, and I Ooh. should have by now. Which uh, means, and did I you see the movie? I've seen the David Lynch movie. Okay. I have not seen the new one, which is weird. It's weird to hold off on the new one. Because I haven't read the book when I have seen the old one. Yeah, just watch the new one. <laughs> or now just read the book. <laughs> I mean, well, now that you know you can't watch Dune on HBO Max or it might oh, not be no, in theaters anymore. No. Oh. I think you should just read it. Or, because I, I prefer should. the book. Are you a person who prefers the book to the movie? Oh. I, I'm a book person. Hector knows this. Yeah. yeah. Um, see, Hector, I want to live the way you do where you're I like, this Hector, will be more fun this way around. But Hector I says, you say it's better. It is. But I think you're the only person I've ever heard say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There sure. are examples where people have made movies out of books that are better than the books they were. Yes, made out of, of course. But... Most times. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it just, you, you love movies and that's I awesome. Do. He loves movies. Movies are great. And books are good too, you guys. Books, books are, are cool. <laughs> books are like, you know, like you said, Amy, they're missing one crucial element, you know? That's the art. thing. Yeah, the art of it. They're missing. It's just one person. It's usually just a guy talking to you for I think you have one of those brains that only sees words. It's, you know, yeah, that's <laughs> it. You have one of those brains that only sees words. <laughs> can't visualize stuff. Yeah. No, that's our friend Rachel Hine. And that's, uh, I, forget, I, I, forget. I think more than one person can have it. No, nope, think... only she's got it. She's got it. She claimed it. She's got it. Uh, I, th- I feel like the new, and I'm probably wrong, I like the new Dune movie more than the book. I know, and I like. I think that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. I like. I liked the. I liked the first episode of Wheel of Time more than the first nine chapters of the book that I read. Here's, the, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen this. I don't know yet, about that. So true. excited to like hear your thoughts have on you, it because I was that? a Wheel of Time kid. Okay, it made me go. bummed that they're going to make a Mass Effect Amazon show. Oh, I'm interested. I about finally that. played it, so now I can properly appreciate that. Because Man. I don't think Wheel of Time looks good. Uh, it doesn't they're trying so hard to be fucking game of thrones yeah yeah Ooh. when the tv show yeah wheel of time is so much dorkier than yes. game of thrones and they just need to <laughs> lean the fuck into it yeah. like although, it is although some of those trollocs 
name aside, looked pretty sweet. We did. We were well, like, sure, that looks pretty good. But it's dorky as hell. <laughs> it it's is. like we, they're minotaurs. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, <laughs> every single fantasy book, yes, has you know the little white farm boy. Mm-hmm. There's the evil uh, orcs that I roll mean, into I town. Just, you know, you're aware, of course, that Wheel of Time's whole framework is that the wheel turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that fade into legend, and even the legends are long forgotten before the age that spawns them comes back. I misquoted it, but the <laughs> I thought I just said all that. Is, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's not like a coincidence that the Trollocs are named Troll slash Orcs. Yes. yes. It's because there's supposed to be mythological underpinnings that recur across the ages. Yes. Mm-hmm. So and you're going to run into you. a whole lot of, oh, is that... Name from mythology, it is. Yes, que- 100%. Question I'm for fine you. with that. Question for you I about like, that. If you're, if I you're, think they've fucked up Wheel of Time. <laughs> the, the TV, TV show? show? Oh, how come? Just because of the effects and the... Or just like, I don't know. They're trying so hard to be Game of Thrones. It's seriousness? Mm. Yeah. It's so serious. Yeah. I am also curious about... I mean, do, you, do you remember ElfQuest? Yes. Yeah. I, I only, I'm only somewhat familiar with ElfQuest. I respect it majorly. Yeah. It's one of the most important pieces of independent comics. But yeah. like... Um, I've only read a couple. It was like a 70s, 80s, into the 90s. Like, and maybe they're still doing it now. I don't know, but they, I feel like they it's... had a like a quote final quest miniseries within the last couple of years. I don't know if they're like really, really Amy, done. You know, you're a genius. This so, is why I, well, uh, no, this is why I love having Amy on the show because I should be like this thing, and she's like Wikipedia entry. I'm like awesome, <laughs> oh, great, <no. laughs> but way better, but way better. But do you know what I'm talking about? ElfQuest no. is this. ElfQuest is this like like Amy said, an independent comics. It's not mm-hmm. Marvel or DC or, and it's not affiliated with like another uh, IP. It's like its own thing. Richard and Wendy Peeney wrote and drew uh, a, a an original fantasy series that became one of the sort of defining like early independent comic success stories. And mm-hmm. I want to say late seventies, early eighties. I yeah, don't I exactly so. know where. Yeah, me neither. The, the first is, but like before the black and white boom of the eighties, which gave rise to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. and all of the rest of yeah. these sort of that reshaped what we think of as comics, and then got to Sin City and Strangers yeah. in Paradise, and, and like then, just the and, flowering. And the world and the characters themselves were like. I want to say they were a little cartoony, almost anime-esque, mm. elven-type drawings, but it was still sort of a straightforward and serious story, as I recall. It wasn't like a parody. It wasn't, like, but it was like... There's more than one way to take yourself seriously. For sure, for sure. It was high fantasy, but it still felt like it was, oh, like kids could access this. Do you know what I mean? Like like it still felt like it Based was... Based on what I remember, I'm not sure if they should have been, but I think they were. Because so maybe because it was adult question. stuff? Because it was adult stuff I'm in trying there? to remember... Yeah. I feel like they get they get a little serious in some of the elf quests, but again, have not extensively, so I might be way off there. I think Conan. Uh, no, see, Conan is like full not on rated children. R. Okay. Yeah, 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 not for children. But speaking of that, I mean, the reason I bring it up is because <laughs> oh no, the, the reason I bring up Elf Quest, this comic book that I remember seeing like books of it in the library when I was a kid, mm-hmm. is because the impression it left on me was just the visualization of its fantasy world. Mm. I was like, this feels like it is serious but still not um too serious or taking itself too seriously or not needing to be bound by a certain idea yeah. of realism yes that yes, would yes, get yes. in the way of the story yes. they were telling it's almost realism like, is not the only way to do things right it's almost like um no uh, you, i google it i don't know okay what that is. but you can just look through <laughs> images and stuff and you can see what the characters look like they all have like little half shirts yeah, on they're and they're all, all like you know cute kind of little elves on a quest there you go that's what it is um <laughs> maybe they almost reminded me of like smurfs 
I don't know, but just like I you see said, that, right? It's not a more like a troll dolls. Potentially, yeah. what you're responding to there is just this issue of like other modes of illustration that depart from strict realism that yes. let fantasy influences into it, that let other kinds of design influences into yes. it, that remind you of European comics influences, mm-hmm. um, which yes. is things like the Smurfs and and the yeah and the covers to so many classic fantasy novels of our lifetime the cover artwork is always like okay how serious are they going even the cover for the first wheel of time book the Mm -hmm. eye of the world Mm -hmm. i i guess it's um what's the main character's name the woman who is played by i love um, that you think she's the main character she's one of the weirdest things about the adaptation is that they're like (laughs) surprised it's about this and you're like you're not supposed to trust her for like uh a long time even though you do immediately it's rosamund pike (laughs) uh yeah Uh, what's rosamund pike's character's name Uh, maureen Maureen. I don't know how to pronounce anything warning about this. Maureen. Book, so I'm going to get it all I wrong. I think it's but. that. But it's all in the isn't book. it her riding the white horse mm-hmm. on the cover? Yeah. But she seems so much more small. She's Well, she's just a short lady. She's, she's, she's okay. like a human being, but she's just okay. short. But and that's the, part of the, the plot is like, gotcha. you know. But Rosamund Pike's tall. Yeah. She's tall and she's blonde, which Bad. is two strikes against <laughs> physical resemblance. But here's the thing. Rosamund Pike can do whatever she wants. Yeah, she can. Okay. Um, she gone, girl. I, I, she gone, girl. I, she's like... An amazing Jane Bennett. She's amazing at everything she does. I just saw World's End, which was awesome because I oh, didn't yeah. realize she was going to pop up in it. That's right. Um, uh, yeah, so in that sense of that she is neither tiny nor has dark hair, weird pick for Maureen. But she um, has dark hair in this, so don't worry. Well, good. There we go. And she just did, did you know she just did an audiobook version of, no. of The Eye of the World, <gasps> Rosamund Pike? And apparently the reviews are in and they're great. And she like people are like, she's performing this. She's not just reading words. Like Aww. she's a great audiobook narrator okay. which is a tough skill and, that sounds you know, good yeah right it's like mm-hmm. dang i might listen to that's that that's pretty cool anyway um the cover of the, the book yes. feels closer to elf quest to me visually hmm. than to game of thrones and i think maybe what keller's saying is like well the show's leaning towards it's game of thrones it's what this is and yeah. i'm like maybe it could have leaned the other but then again i got the size wrong i just saw that she was a small lady and i was like is she like a um, Hobbit is she like sure, you know sure. that's like, where my brain went Lord of the Rings has Hobbits doing stupid shit like <laughs> running around smoking weed bonking yeah. each other on their head <laughs> stealing carrots tumbling down hills having 11 first birthdays Keller did you read and, past uh, the first few chapters of Lord of the Rings that's it that that's it I got like, to Tom Bombadil and I was like plot. that is great but I mean like it sets up so much being like these are fun mm-hmm. creatures sure. they mm-hmm. have fun even the movies they didn't like we have to cut all that silly shit with the hobbits and make this cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, they kept some of it. I, they were surprisingly good for the, yeah. I don't know, 20 years of nostalgia. Like, we didn't think we were ever going to be as good as those movies. I love Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, They're and I love how silly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true. It's... It, they they make a reasonable case to the two great interpretations thing, but they they mm. do not you know displace the books. I'm just saying. <laughs> they don't displace the books. I didn't say displace. I said, you said are it. better. You said it. You said we so should burn know. every copy of the book and the we should only are, watch the, the movie. The books are now there now still. But you but said like, we should make transcripts of the movie and just print that from now on. I will be disappointed if they are trying to turn Wheel of Time into Game of Thrones because they're very specifically different kinds of right. books. Yeah. I'm curious uh, about I, it. I'm curious about how the whole I season's gonna. Like the whole thing with Game of Thrones is like is magic real. Is magic real? Right. Is magic real? And oh, whole, dragons are real whole, now. The whole thing about Wheel dragons of Time are real. is... Is magic real? Magic the real. The wheel continues to turn in every age, the third age. Jacob's you know. spinning the wheel. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And they're never going to get off the island. Yeah. But, it's, you know, uh, fundamentally, like, Wheel of Time is, like, you know, 
I mean, I don't know. I guess we, we didn't really call things this in the 90s necessarily, but like it's YA in the sense that mm-hmm. it's about like some teens finding some things out about the world. Mm-hmm. And like there are teens in Game of Thrones, but like they're going to have like the sad growing up story of finding out how the world is very difficult and doesn't mm-hmm. go like you think it will. And that's, yep. you know, th- that is an important part of what made those books special in their way. Like, and and it's just a fundamentally different project from what's happening yeah. Um, over in Wheel of Time where you're like, no, but for real, are we going to save the world from the dark forces? Um, it's still going to have plenty of darkness in it, but it's, but it's a different it's type less of a... about the sort of inherent corruptness of human societies. And... <laughs> Question I had for you about that. Is the Wheel of Time series supposed to be set in the same universe as Middle Earth and the Lord of the Rings? Because they keep mentioning the Third Age, and I'm like, are you directly referencing the Third Age of the of the Middle Earth history? I, I, I would say, okay, and to be fair, yeah. uh, it's been a long time okay. um, since I reread the books. But I believe the relevant question is not so much whether we are talking about Middle mm. Earth as whether we are talking about Earth Earth. Oh, uh, okay, <gasps> now you lost me. So now it's Earth Earth? <laughs> now you lost well, me, Amy. Just... Cause... So it's like the Dark Tower. There was no oh, was like that? oh, I oh, it's done a f- the Dark Tower. Oh, I read the first one. I think it was good. They I get think. better. <laughs> I I and don't in, mean like some we're instance, gonna arrive in modern day society kind of deal. I mean yeah, the idea of be. like like a connected mythic through line of history that like the the whole point being if the whole thing is going in a cycle like mm. kind of who knows you know this okay was, wait 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 so Amy. are we gonna show up on a beach and we're gonna see the Statue of Liberty's hands sticking out of the wa- <laughs> out of the beach I don't know I, I Amy explain it to me through, is everybody through an ape explain it to me through comic book terms make me understand through a Marvel or DC concept well um, the Eternals you're, uh, she's got that watch she's already knows what she's gonna say I. Okay, what's the right way to talk about this that's not spoilery? I feel like you're pretty quickly going to encounter some characters that you're going to be like, these are kind of some King Arthur names. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I already have, I think, but they called him Arthur. There we go, Arthur Hawkwing. Yeah, you mentioned him already. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he's like Hawkman, is what you're saying. (laughs) Well, and and just like Hawkman, he has a million different origins over time. Um, I told you, I told you she was going to make it make sense. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Okay, okay, okay. No, but Keller gets this reference too because he actually read that Hawkman. I, I, (laughs) and it's good. That's oh, that's awesome. It's cool. (laughs) I like. I don't want to speak incorrectly on okay. this because i'm worried that i'm forgetting or hey. overlooking something but the idea being yeah. these are mythic cycles gotcha. this happens somewhere in mm-hmm. the wheel of time maybe it's before arthur maybe it's after arthur mm. maybe it's in an adjacent similar thing but like you know it is not a coincidence oh you know what <laughs> yeah the myths that you dip into mm-hmm. Ooh, am i being spoilery spoil it I, well if you're trying to, uh, it's a TV sp- show based on a 400 year old yeah. book or whatever, <laughs> yeah, uh, which okay. is based on the if, Bible. If you're trying to, which is, <laughs> if, you're, if you are Thank reading you. closely into the myths and stories of this world, mm-hmm. you could sort of like you know how Adventure Time is set in. Thank a, you. Yes. Okay. Now we're, you're speaking my we language. Get, it is, yes. That is a possibility that may occur to you. So this is like Thundar the Barbarian. The Hanna Barbera show from the Maybe. 80s. Maybe I'm not familiar. They're in the far future, it, mm-hmm. and there's the Chewbacca-looking guy, and in the opening credits, he lifts like a Volkswagen Beetle, but it's like a sort of a He-Man-esque world where it's like there's magic and technology. I just but, for the rest of it. Be yeah. Like, so this is like this one thing. Yeah. We're gonna explain the entire plot so of this wait, one thing. Amy, so what, this what is I feel like, bad about is that like this is the not cycles a, being like, like a puzzle you're supposed to solve with the books. It's well, not yeah. supposed figure, to be no, like we'll it all makes sense once you arrive at this point. It is not like. 
I don't want to, any other references I bring in are just huge spoilers for other <laughs> franchises. But there are other things where you really are supposed to be like, oh, it was this all along. And that's yeah. not the vibe. Gotcha. The vibe Someone's is just... spinning the wheel of time? Is the wheel of time another <laughs> wheel on a bicycle of time? <laughs> is there a third, a second or possibly third wheel on this Is this time a tricycle, tricycle? It could be. Yes. Who knows? Is this an interpolated a bicycle <laughs> story? Time car? Interlopolated? Is this yeah. interlopolated? It's, it might be. Um, that would it. actually, that's an interesting. This is like post crisis and pre New 52, but then it's also like a post New 52. <laughs> it is the Earth 2 version of the King Arthur myth. Yeah, Thank yeah, yeah. You. Oh, I totally get it. Earth 2 from The Flash, where now Jesse Martin is the father on that. Gotcha. Uh-huh, I got uh-huh. it. Mm-hmm. And he is the it. guy mm-hmm. from Rent, and it's yep. all connected uh, to, to Star Andrew Trek Garfield Discovery being Jonathan Larson and Tintic Larson, Boom. the amazing mm-hmm. spider Oh, but also to Discovery too. because yes. of Rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His last name's Garfield. Yeah, isn't that funny? Isn't that weird? Yeah. And you think about it. Comic book character. Garfield. I think, isn't there, aren't they doing a new Garfield thing? Chris Garfield Pratt's going to be Garfield. Wait, he is, isn't he? Best casting I've ever heard. Uh, That's what I think of when I think of Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be like a golden retriever. Isn't it funny how like sometimes it feels like Hollywood is behind a couple years? Like, like did you? Like, if someone just got through finishing Parks and Rec. It's like, and they're like, this guy's Quarantine great. just ended. <laughs> I, I feel like it is sort of the, the people running the books on some of these things are mm-hmm. not necessarily hanging out to see how They're people not on feel Twitter. on Twitter. They don't care about that. Uh, they don't care. I'm so, tweeting at them. So they should know. So they'll oh, see. No. <laughs> they'll see. They should know. You're like, every day you're like, at 20th Century Studios, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this person. I at don't like Disney, this person. Yep. Kids, mm-hmm. don't do that. Yeah, no, it's bad. Please Only I that. can do that, <laughs> Keller can do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have a favorite character in Hot Fuzz? Uh, I go Nick Frost. Nick Frost is... Oh. Danny's delightful. So delightful very mm. delightful for someone we meet attempting to drive drunk exactly mm. and is a police officer yeah. <laughs> but then it's like oh checks out oh, cops are just... idiots he's a sweetie and and look half the reason you turn up to these movies is to watch uh immortal friendship blossom again mm. and again and again yes. between peg and frost because we could watch that over and over until we die like yeah. it's it is it's like um it's like hepburn and tracy where you're like, what's going to happen this time to bring these two kids together? You know, as because long as they end up together by the yeah. end. So fun to watch. And that, yeah. like, they're just so good together. It is absurd. Um, I agree. They, they make a great, 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 great team. I, we were discussing earlier, uh, Keller, you've seen Half of Spaced, and Hector, you have not seen I, yet? I have not yet, and I want to. Real I'm not bad. trying to put you on blast, but, like, no. you gotta. It's. Oh, one it's, of Hector's blind spots, yeah. spaced. Yeah, <laughs> I well, it, it it's a British sitcom with two seasons. It's clearly like it, it's got a total of like five episodes. Sure, um, they were sure. made for maybe twenty five cents. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's it's co written with the female lead of that show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Edgar Wright. I think it's even their producer Nero Park. It's like the team and Joe Cornish. I think worked on it too. Ooh, who like, did Attack, Attack the, the Block? block. And, yep. Yeah, it's the, the team getting formed. And yeah, yeah, it's got the kid. What's it's it magic? Called? I did not uh, see that one, and would I feel bad. King. The kid who would be king. Sure, sure, sure. I liked it. Oh, good. It's just a kid adventure mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Joe Cornish. I should have seen it. I love British kids on lot. bikes. Yeah. British doing snow crash. Apparently. <laughs> oh, Joe Cornish is doing that? Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool, cool. But I, I'm into that. I anyway, just, she's spaced. Because I it's, just, it, you'll watch them fall in love. Yeah, become, you know what I mean? Ooh, I like that. Also, they're in the movie Paul, which that I don't- I haven't seen. I own it. Oh, yeah. I like it. And they're great in it. But like, it, I've seen it maybe once, maybe twice- and it's I'm like I'm like, is it good or is it just I don't I need know. To I watch need to, it again. I do. I want to rewatch it because didn't they write like, it? 
I think so. So it's like add them plus Seth Rogen voicing an alien. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that sounds like I would love that. Gold. At one point <laughs> at one point in the movie, they go to San Diego Comic or like that's the plot, is it like they wanted to go and to San Diego in. Comic Con and they filmed outside the convention center, but then the interiors <laughs> somewhere else, obviously. <laughs> and then uh Simon Pegg's character wears an invincible shirt like in huge sections of the film. Mm. And you, you know, cried. and this was in 2011. This was, you know, this was when I was like, yes, please mm-hmm, <laughs> do something. Mm-hmm. And You'll then, see that in space, too, where like, you know, when when yeah. they were making yeah, space, yeah, yeah. I am upset about the prequels was like cutting edge nerd recommend- yeah. representation. So now it's going to be like, gosh, shut up, you guys. Yeah. But, but, it's, like, but back then, it but was, it's, yeah. it is a very sincere and accurate character portrait that will yep. uh, take you back to a time and place for sure. <laughs> or, or like any Kevin Smith movie. Right. Any mm. like w- watching Clerks now, it's just kind of like, oh, these guys are toxic fans. But watching it in, in 1995 or whatever, it was like, these guys are cool. This is how I talk with my friends. This is how we shoot the shit. Clerks is great. So mm-hmm. you're not yeah. adding a studio on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're just like you just have this like kind of a stand up bit that you're that you're you know working through working in out a convenience with your store. Friend. Go yeah. for it. Go for it. <laughs> totally harmless. It's fine. Um yeah, I, I I want to go and watch everything that Edgar Wright's done. Um I go through phases where I try to I just get obsessed with either like a franchise or a director, mm. you know, and I keep track of everything on Letterboxd. I'm obsessed with Letterboxd, mm. which is great. And I recently just did that with James Gunn. Like I went and watched all the old stuff that James Gunn you directed watched all of it? before he did um, Slither. And and it was like um, he did he worked at Troma Pictures and mm-hmm. did like a, a little short thing that was a special feature on like a Toxic Avenger thing. And sure. he did these web short shows and stuff and like they're really crude Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you could see little glimpses of where his sense of humor is going sure and even little glimpses of heart but he really doesn't get the heart until guardians of the galaxy and beyond Mm. so um but it's still yeah so so once you know because i want to be able to say like yeah i've seen everything james gunn's directed cool even that weird segment from that movie Movie forty three. Remember that comedy movie that was like the worst comedy movie oh, I ever. I heard about it. I Never that. saw it. A bunch of people directed different yeah, little Fairly Brothers vignettes in huh. in the movie. Yeah, he does this segment with an animated cat that's pretty gross. It's a lot of that like like we're edgy. Sure, I'm edgy. I'm James Gunn. I'm edgy, and I'm fine with that. But Nicole Perlman's work on the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie script injected heart, mm. and I and I think there's a good amount of heart in. James Gunn's second Guardians of the Galaxy movie mm. and I think there's even a good amount of heart in the Suicide Squad that I'm actively know. rooting for him to keep moving in that direction yeah. because it like yeah. that that's I mean that's just my personal tastes yeah. like I respect a lot of the stuff that comes out of like the trauma mentality has really cool aspects mm-hmm. you know it's weird where like it has stuff that I enjoy less for reasons that sure. will not be a surprise um <laughs> but like but it's also weirdly like that kind of like scrappy inventive Mm -hmm. make your own damn movie spirit Mm -hmm. is that is something real and something cool and it's something i want to be available for a lot of different kinds of people who want to work in a lot of different styles right 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 um but like it it you know that that all tracks i'm just uh the more it moves in the direction of heart the more excited i get what's 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 going to be really interesting is watching peacemaker because like he, when I saw him talking about that show, he knows that John Cena's character, Peacemaker, is a bad man. Mm-hmm. And yet, 
the show is like, will that show be able to pull it off? That's going to be really interesting. Mm. Is it going to be able to make a compelling case for watching this guy, watching this character go through whatever he needs to go through? Uh, we're going to meet Peacemaker's father, which I'm like, that's going to be the whole <laughs> like summary of what that character, you know, the exaggeration of that character, where he's supposed to, you know, be when he shows up in Suicide Squad and, and, and Viola Davis is like, you've all been hand selected because of your unique skill set. This is, you know, John Smith or whatever, whatever the character's name was, an expert sharpshooter who's been trained since the age of seven by his father to become a killer. And Bloodshot's like, Bloodsport's like, he's just, he does what I do. <laughs> and he steps out, he's like, only better. Like, that's uh, who that character is going to be. So hopefully it's good. I don't know. He's an asshole. But like, they know they're making the show and they know he's an asshole. So, yeah. Yeah. We just talked about Peacemaker for so long. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you just were like, I want to rank every yeah. uh, Edgar Wright movie. Here's everything James Gunn's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, boy. Um, Amy, we forgot to bring this up before the show. Okay. Oh, shit. Completely forgot. Uh, Keller, why don't you go Wait, ahead? Wait, side note. Um, Jim yeah. Broadbent. I'm going to change my uh, vote for best character. Oh. Oh, yeah. Even he's... though he's a bad guy. <laughs> well, Spoiler see, alert. The, uh, all right. I am not an X-play, X-play, expert on screenplay uh, things, but I feel like one of the things that make Hot Fuzz work so very well is that, yes, it's a goofy parody, mm-hmm. but it's also got a remarkably coherent plot. For yes. being as silly as it is, it has a real mystery mm-hmm. with a real sort of like character development. Can I get used to country Nobody life? Nobody knows blah, who blah, blah. did it. There is a an actual satisfying false solution that falls apart to be replaced by the one which is both more ridiculous and more real yeah. because the real answer turns out to be a completely goofy, over-the-top <laughs> conspiracy of like robed figures, but that is also, I mean, cough, Rooted cough. in xenophobia. Yes, mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. Frank... You know, extremely disturbingly realistic uh, small town politics yeah. of xenophobia and conformism. And, like it's while at the same time being goofy. The false bad guy, like Timothy Dalton, showing up from minute one, being like, "I'm a murderer. Yeah, I'm a slasher. I, I love to murder people. Oh, prices. Like, and they, but they, they pull it off. Like the the, the Jim Broadbent reveal breaks your heart every time when you're just mm-hmm. like, oh no. Especially this- since it's Jim Broadbent. Yes, yeah. and he's he's so good. Yeah, really he's is. amazing. And should be the next James Bond, according to Keller. Do you like ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> that was my dream problem. That's as good as I could do. Same thing in... Also, in Olivia in Coleman doing uh, just peak internalized yeah. misogyny, but yeah. somehow so charming. Uh, just pulling it the heck off. Yeah. Uh, as the only woman in the entire mm-hmm. police station. Yeah. yeah. Cheeky. She's really funny. Uh, same thing. He does the same thing in Shaun of the Dead. I need to rewatch At World's End, but you just watched it recently. I do want to say it's probably called The World's the End. The World's End. And it we is, were talking about Pirates of the Caribbean earlier, <laughs> which is At World's End. You're right. You're right. Important distinction to make. Not uh, sure that was actually important, but. Uh, <laughs> and then that This Is the End movie came out the same yeah. year. <laughs> but that was confusing. It, that that was, was confusing. Yeah. I'm still confused. I still <laughs> yeah. will say At World's End every time. Mm-hmm. Like the pirate ship boat Not cyclone movie? Yeah. No. Got it. Uh, in Shaun of the Dead, it's about Sean, like maturing. That's mm-hmm. what that movie's actually about, but mm-hmm. also zombies. Mm-hmm. And this movie's about Nicholas Angel um, learning how to turn this big old brain off. Oh, but also work life balance, but also a, yeah. oppressive small towns, oppressive small and towns, and friendship, and, and friendship. The world's end is also about. It's about a midlife crisis. Basically. It's about it's also about alcoholism yeah. and alcoholism. Yeah, yes. very cool. Mm-hmm. 
Very cool. And Scott, I, I was surprised at how much I. I don't know. Simon Pegg's so fucking good in that movie. Yes, mm-hmm. he's he is. extraordinary. Heartbreaking. In it. Like I, I really liked it, and I wasn't sure. I had been kind of meaning to get around to it, and mm-hmm. I had heard that like a lot of my friends didn't love it as much as the mm-hmm. first two. And I was just like, but I want to complete the set, and mm-hmm. then it, it kind of knocked me out. It's a good yeah. movie. I like it a lot. It's really good. It's Simon, funny too. Simon Pegg is wonderful, but the saddest of the three. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Although he gets a really good ending spoilers for the world's end but True. like yes, it's, it's a, a mm-hmm. very strangely poignant for as you know the movie's completely bizarre mm-hmm. but like uh it's it's a really sweet mm-hmm. uh, he's able to break direction he's able to break the curse of bill nighy and he's able to reunite with elizabeth swan and you know <laughs> it it ends in a place mm-hmm. where you're like this this is gonna be, he's not gonna be able to see her all that often. And they, they shouldn't make years, two more movies. And they shouldn't make two more movies. Guess what they did? <laughs> two more movies. <laughs> so knowing all that, Amy, uh, last time you were here, or maybe after the fact, no, when you were here, we asked you to pick a movie, any movie in the world, to add to Keller and I's new list that we're forming. What did I say? I have no idea. Let's take a look, shall we? Let's see what movie you added. What movie? Last time did you were you here. Add. You added uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Aww. Ooh. <laughs> and so now with uh, Edgar Wright under your belt. Oh, and you also have um, I Got You on All About Eve. Oh, heck, that's the one I remember. You're, book for the, you're booked for that, All About Eve, that's which like we haven't seen 20 yet. years, right? No, it's well, we just did 374. That one's going to be 347. Okay. So we'll see you in a couple months. That's a for, weird coincidence. For, for, yeah, that is weird. For All About Eve. But if you could pick... 374, Wait, 347. Have you seen All About Eve? No. No. I Ooh, I'm excited. No. I know nothing about Eve. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know very little about Eve. Little about Eve. Amy, do you know all about Eve? Uh, well, I do I know somewhat. Some, some about Eve. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you could pick a movie, it could be All About Eve if you want. It could be the movie you watched today. It could be a movie you watched... Uh, last week, it could be a movie you watched when you were five years old. Something that you think is so good, it deserves to exist on a list of the 500 greatest movies ever made. Hector, you know I can't do things like yes, that. Yes, you can, absolutely. Um, well, you have to. Yeah. Ooh. That's the situation we're when, in. When I just described all that, which movies like A Beautiful Mind jumped out at you, like came out? Yeah, and, what numbers are you yeah. seeing in front of you? <laughs> floating in front I of you. I would say what deserves to be on this list forevermore. Um... What is Paul Bettany whispering in your ear? <laughs> well, that's just normal. He's just there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's from Beautiful Mind. Paul Bettany's in Iron his Man. Mind. It's Iron Man. <laughs> well, also that. He's in our ear whispering all but the time. But also that's in fair. Beautiful Mind. I believe I'm mostly fixed, sir, but every time I speak, I end up saying the wrong cranberry. Pretty good. It's okay. Pretty good Paul Bettany. I don't, well, y'all got me on musicals earlier. Yeah, go for it. Do it. Um, West Side Story, the original. I mean, is that on the list already? I, it doesn't matter if it's on the list or we could check well, to make no sure nobody... no one else has added, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, we could check to make sure nobody else has said it. What's your favorite movie musical of all time? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you got to figure out what you mean by that because there's so many different kinds of... Like Singing in the Rain is my favorite movie musical. See, Singing in the Rain is a top contender. It is one of the, beyond a doubt, one of the not greatest a stage movie musical. musicals ever made. Um, and or now it is, maybe. I, they've, they've probably staged it. They had they'd, to they'd be silly point, if they wouldn't. Right? Yeah. It hadn't by now. Like, um, but uh, like it, it's you know top five I think yeah, of yeah. all time for sure. Wow. Um, but there's also the sort of like the West Side Story is top five. Um, the staged versions of Sunny in the Park with George and Into the Woods are top our top like um not the disney into the woods not that into the woods so i haven't seen it (laughs) i don't know anything about (laughs) sending the park with george 
would yeah, love know to either, know either. what y'all think. Mm. I don't know that what that one. means. Sunny in the park. Sunday with in the park. I heard. Oh. You know Sunday what? Put that park. on the list. Is that a musical? <gasps> it is a musical. Sunday in what? the park with George. It is a weird musical. From when? Um, early '80s. Bernadette Peters. Okay. Uh, sold. Mandy Patinkin. Double sold. What? Uh-huh. Inigo Montoya. And he's so good. Yeah, that's what. Um, this is again a stage, a film stage production version. Whoa. Oh, okay. Um, uh, that I am referring to specifically here. Okay. Um, I did not have a time machine and go see these guys do it on Broadway. What? Um, that would be amazing. This but, is uh, film staged. Yeah. This okay. is a, a and it's it's a weird. There is a chance that the first time you see this, it may leave you cold, but then it may never leave your head for the rest of your Whoa. life if this you is, have a this relationship is, to art of this any is kind. Scary. This is just like the initial. Oh, okay. Of I thought you meant the songs. I was like, I'm terrified. It's now. also possible. <laughs> okay. I, uh... This will haunt you. Literally, it's it's haunted by spirits. <laughs> it it's may like, leave you cold and then haunt you for the rest about of your days. A painter um, oh. being kind of a jerk to his girlfriend. Um, oh. I am not usually always down for muse stories. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the one that gets grandfathered in. Everybody else has to just do ten times as good to compete with Sunday in the Park with George. Wow! Um, it's it, Bernadette Peters it, it, is a, a goddess, mm-hmm. um, and Mandy's pretty good too. He's so good. Uh, and, <laughs> is he a god? Eh, okay, very plausible. Yeah, I've had a god. So yeah, it's it's a musical about a painter, uh, awesome. George Surratt, doing a famous picture of people on a Sunday. And it's got some goofy elements, but it's also about life and art and love so and it's that being painting I've seen. a human. Um, yeah. Okay. You mm-hmm. know that painting at the park where all the people are sitting there? It's like umbrellas and they're all just like sitting facing this direction. Oh, That's that it. painting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah, the yeah. dots? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Cool. About that guy. They, th- Stephen Sondheim made a musical about, about that. Wow. that guy. Well, not by himself, with other people. Stevie Sondheim did this too? He did. Man, he's here's, just all over the place. Here's a, um, uh, uh, this is this is a pop fly into left field. Okay. Have you seen Baseball? The Bash Brothers. No. Netflix. Um, That's your favorite I love movie the musical. I, yeah. I, I, but I'm very not caught it's, up on their many, many wonderful things. Uh, that's also something I watched everything that the those guys have directed or done. Um, it's like 30 minutes on Netflix. And the okay. reason I bring it up is uh, it was directed by Mike Diva, who's now working on, mm-hmm. on stuff for SNL. Mm-hmm. But after I saw it, it's based off of um, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire being friends and mm-hmm. being on the same baseball team in the 80s and also doing steroids and like, you know, just living that life that life mm. and it's uh but it's like a ridiculous lonely island thing mm-hmm. after i saw it i was like i want them to do stanley and jack kirby in the same exact way like to do some ridiculously exaggerated rap biography of their you know uh working relationship oh, I, don't and know. I would i would eat that up it could be <laughs> so we all know. fucking funny it could be so good it could be so good, uh, but but I don't think it'd be as easy to make funny. I as think so. Two roided out baseball players who are best friends. I think that's a funny premise in the sentence. <laughs> They're gonna be like two cantankerous uh, comic book writers <laughs> who don't like each other that much. Well, I think uh, <laughs> our best friends. I think yeah, basically. <laughs> but it's a, it's a little more. Comp- you can get a little bit more exaggerated mm-hmm. than that. Um, because uh, comic book writers in the 60s and 70s were probably smoking weed and maybe doing other stuff, maybe. So it's a l- Some of them. 
Um, but some of them were not. They're just straight laced. They're on the they whole. are surprisingly straight laced. But you could also do a lot of like you could if you wanted some of that to. Kirby stuff looks like it looks like it. But he was he was the He's most, most straight laced out of them sure. all. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but but <laughs> he right. was just this. He's just New doing York, DMT in his apartment. <laughs> he was just New York tough. Um, but uh, so I know you know. Uh, there's a million favorite Kirby stories. I feel like uh, he has the the best stories of any person. But yeah. you want to know, like the the, the lovely the Kirby one? was exactly who. Tell him the best like one. Story. Tell him the best one. There's a million best ones. Most of the best ones are about him threatening to beat up Nazis. But this is a less good, <laughs> but still very good one. Um, which is, uh, do you know what Kirby said to his wife uh, when he met her for the first time? No. Do you want to come up and see my drawings of Captain America? Oh and my she came God. up, and to her disappointment, he showed her his drawings of Captain America. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was actually what was going on there. Uh, but anyway, they got married and had several kids. So what, it all a, what a dork. What a great yeah. opening line. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm gonna, when we're done with this, I'm going to sit here That's and, what you said to and Abby. do a drawing <laughs> of Captain America. That's exactly what you said to Go in the house like, hey, Abby, <laughs> wake up Look. and see a drawing Look. of Captain America. Uh, that's pretty sweet. But yeah, my favorite of those mythological stories is when he was working on Captain America, co-created him mm-hmm. with Joe Simon, mm-hmm. uh, writer Joe Simon, and artist. And Stanley was like 17 at yeah, the time. Yeah, Stanley was mm-hmm. a kid, a snot-nosed punk kid. Um, Whipper, snapper. That, uh, you know, people in the U.S. were mad that, that, this, that there was like uh, uh, anti-Nazi propaganda in comic books for kids, so they called up the office and they're like, like, where's Jack Kirby? I'm going to, you know. Oh, I've heard this. Yeah, beat the shit out of him and he, or whatever. And he and Jack Kirby got on the phone like, yeah, who are you? Where are you? Oh, you're downstairs? And then Jack Kirby went downstairs. Mm-hmm. Like, rolled up the sleeves and was like, okay, and went downstairs and there was nobody there. <laughs> had his pencil. They probably saw Kirby coming. <laughs> Jack they Kirby are cowards, and he was the best. Jack Kirby looks like the thing. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be moving too. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, God, I'm praying that we get, a Ben Grimm who looks like he could be Kirby. I would like that very much. That would be pretty cool. And somebody who could sound like him, but I don't know too many actors who. It's probably going to be like Joel Edgerton or some shit, which is like, you'll probably be great. He could probably do the voice. Yeah, hopefully. That man is a chameleon. Would you? I have heard that somebody, I've heard somebody pitch Adam Sandler for the thing. I've heard people pitch Seth Rogen for the thing. Do you think that could work? Or do you think it would be too. I've, neither of them is exactly yeah. the kind of character actor I would imagine for <laughs> Ben Grimm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I love where your head's at in terms of trying to find someone who convincingly portrays Jewish immigrant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for like, sure. Just like a Jewish American guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> I, you know, but not like literally anyone. Like, yeah. uh, I, I don't know who the right pick would be. I think Seth Rogen just needs to get jacked. <laughs> no offense to, to Seth Rogen. If he decides that this is the part he's going to go all out for, I that man can do a lot of very impressive things, and I should not yeah, But him. Who's a good voice actor? Seth Rogen is good. Uh, that's good. But I don't know about... I mean, you know... He's good like, in Kung Fu Panda, but he has like a few throwaway the, lines. The most important thing is you got to be a good actor actor, because Ruffalo is still... Bruce Banner a lot, oh, even though he's a CG Hulk, you still fall back on yeah. like. And this one, this one, he's just going to be Ruffalo for this. It cameo, is necessary like. that Ben Grimm break yeah. your heart. Like, yeah, that's that's important. They even did that with the Michael Chiklis movies. There was a there's a part in the movie where he goes back, he reverts to human, you know. But then you have to go back to the thing. So, this anyway, man, this monster. Yeah, Amy, I think we hit every single tangent we possibly could. <laughs> To see that sad thing is Hot Fuzz. I'm sorry, you deserve better than this. <laughs> You're a really fun movie. Hot Fuzz is here's the deal. Way better movies have gotten way worse than this. We'll be <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. yeah, Schindler's List was awesome. What was your favorite part of Shang Chi? Yeah, just kidding. That's not what happened. Uh, we haven't watched Schindler's List yet. Yeah, uh, don't worry, Amy. Don't worry. Uh, uh, Hot Fuzz is great. Amy, 
You are doing awesome stuff for fandom. Where can people find you online and support your work? You can find me at Enthusiamy everywhere. Uh, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, what have you. Um, you can find me at Fandom. We have the Cortex RPG, which is an indie system that you can build your own systems out of. And the licensed game for the Dragon Prince is coming out soon from what? Cortex Tales of Zadia. Netflix Dragon Prince. Yep. Cool. Yep. We also have uh, in the family D&D Beyond, where yep. I get to talk about the dungeons and the dragons. We have a show Both. that we made <laughs> that is coming out right now called Battle for Beyond. Um, where we just got like a murderer's row of fabulously oh, talented yeah. players. And, That's the show. Uh, Is that the show that Iffy's on? Yeah, he's so awesome. good. Too much. Surprising no one, but like, Too come much. on, it's yeah. so much fun. <laughs> um, that, that, or rather, that is one of the shows Iffy's on right now because mm. he has rightfully taken over. Um, so yeah, I hope folks will check those out and d- enjoy them if they do. I can't wait to see Sunday in the Park with. George, George, yeah. George, Sunday in the Park yeah. with George. Yeah. Oh, please, please text me if you yes. watch Sunday in the Park with George. And please text us if you watch any of the eight thousand things we talked about that you were like, I'm, I need to get to that. Yeah, yes, if you watch absolutely. F- five through nine of the Fast and Furious <laughs> movies. If you watch Wheel of Time episode one, text yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited. All of that stuff, but you're so dang busy. I don't know how you are able to do everything that you do, and still, I guess, just keep up with Doctor Who. That's the main thing. That's got to be such a time <laughs> commitment. But you also Man. read everything. Yeah, like well, look, yeah. I try, but I fail miserably at all of those things. No, um, there's just a lot of good no. stuff out there, which is nice—a nice, a nice problem to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're the best. Thank you for coming over and and having some sushi and watching this movie. We so appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, Great way to spend some time. Thank yeah. you for having me. All right, guys. Well, we'll be back uh, next week or next time. Keller, what's the next movie? Wally. Oh, <gasps> guess what. I'm pretty sure you can find that streaming on Disney Plus. I don't even Probably have to look definitely. It up. <laughs> Unless it's one of the weird ones. 2008's Wally, not in 3D. Nope. What? It's not. Come on. Can Just you up. convert it by then? The first one was up. Huh. Yeah. In 2009. Bullshit. I know. If you Wally had just told me it was in 3D, I would have yep. believed you. Because yep. Wally yep. would have been better in 3D than it. Uh, maybe. An up is great, but yeah, maybe. Uh, well, Space movie, you know? Space anyway. movie, yeah. dunes of trash movie, <laughs> think of the depth. <laughs> so oh, go. and yeah. secretly about musicals. It is. Oh, yeah, it That's is. That's right. Heck yeah. What's the, is it Funny Face? Is that what Hello they? Dolly. Hello, Hello Dolly. It's Hello Dolly. You're close. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of that Star Trek Hello, short. Hello Funny Face. Funny Face. That's what I was thinking of. Never heard of it. Funny face. I showed it to you, I think. Showed it to you. Chelsea. Chelsea. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped out. Ran out of the room. Oh, Star Trek and musicals? Yeah. I gotta go. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, Keller. Oh, boy. Oh, man. You're gonna be real mad at me when you watch Sunday in the Park with George. It's about it's Star, Star Trek. Trek. It's about I Star Trek. I didn't know what it could be. Oh, but, hmm. It should okay, be. well, hmm. you know. Uh, well, great. Well, thanks again, Amy. And we'll see you guys with Wall E. You know that's how you're supposed to pronounce a movie. Wall dot E. In uh, in about a week's time, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.